So one of the most iconic movies debuted in 1985 titled The Breakfast Club. It was a modern film about five teenagers from different backgrounds colliding during a Saturday of in-school detention. The onset of the film presents a quote from David Bowie saying, And these children that you spit on as they try to change their worlds are immune to your consultations. They're quite aware of what they're going through. Welcome to the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories. Life. You're born into the world, you grow, you mature, you go to college, you start a career and a family. It looks like everything goes as planned. Or does it? I've been wanting to get somebody of the younger demographic on my podcast for a minute um, because I just don't want us to focus on the mindset of us adults. You know, you know, the younger generation is experiencing this reality uh, just as much as we are. And I think their perspectives should be heard. Plus, it'll help me out as far as understanding where they are in the midst of all this. So I sat down with a young lady by the name of Aaliyah, uh, who was a 10th grader. And I just asked her a few questions and we, we had a conversation. So, uh, yeah, check it out. Well, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the latest episode of the glory in our stories. I'm your host, Calvin Peterwell Jr. Uh, today I have a distinct pleasure of interviewing a young lady by the name of Aaliyah. Uh, she's a 15-year-old 10th grader. And um, I actually interviewed her mom, uh, Tasha, about a couple of episodes ago. And um, I messaged her and I said, yo, I would love to get a uh, teenager's perspective on life. Um, no heavy questions, um, just getting an opportunity to see, um, learn more about the pulse of modern youth. I mean, it's been a while since I was uh, 15. I think I was 15 like in 2000, because my birthday was late. So um, my wife actually is the same age as me, but she graduated a year ahead of me, which I thought was strange. Um, but so, Leah, I, really, I want to thank you for being on the podcast. And um, do you have your learner's license? Or are you learning? I do not yet, actually. We've just been very busy lately, so I have, we haven't had the time to. But you've been driving mm-hmm. and doing some lessons? Yes, definitely have. How's your mom? You She's, she freaks out sometimes. <laughs> like, she likes to freak out, like, oh, you're pushing the brake too hard. Like, But, I mean, it's, I can't reach the pedals. Like, oh, I'm too short, wow. too. So I have to really push myself up there, too. But she freaks out most of the time when I'm driving. My mom, I think when she was teaching me, my issue I had was the brakes and t- turning curves yeah, where definitely. ditches are. 
because mm-hmm. I didn't want to fall in the ditch. So I didn't know how wide to turn, and the road that we grew up in was very narrow. So it was that was scary. Um, I think one of my biggest fears of driving was getting on the highway. Mm, yeah, that's mine sometimes. Because yeah. it's like they're going fast and I get overwhelmed. I'm just yeah. like, oh my gosh, I don't want to like crash. Yo, like when I was in my 20s, early 20s, my sister had to guide me out of Atlanta. <laughs> it was, because I've never driven in that type of traffic. Yeah. And um, what she did is she like slingshot me. So she would she was in front of me, so I had to follow her. Mm. And once I was on the highway, she got off, and I just kept going. Oh, and okay. in Atlanta, they got this thing where when you switch in lanes, you got to switch the same time you put your signal on. That's you, like immediately. Yes, what? exactly. So you can't just put your signal on and wait. Like you gotta get over. And yeah, so the more I got used to it, the more I realized as long as I'm going like as fast as traffic, then whatever, if something happened, that's fine. But that was my, that was my fear. Oh yeah, I, that, I would be scared of that too. <laughs> what? Like immediately? Cause I, I hesitate like when I'm doing it cause I don't want to like get in front of a car and then they're like already there. So I just like, oh no. Like, yeah. I, yeah, I get scared too sometimes. Man. So uh, when you take your, so you haven't taken your learner's license? Uh, no, not at all. How do they do that now? Do they do electronically or? Um, uh, honestly, I think you have to make an appointment now due to COVID, but yeah. you can go in. I think you have to take your like vision exam. Then you can take your knowledge exam and then you take your road test and then you have to wait like a year and a day. And then I guess like whenever you do get your license, you have to take like a 30 hour driving course, school wow. or something online. Yeah. It's just all that for something. I don't know. It's, they just made that law like not too long ago to have to take like a 30-hour driving thing. Because I remember when, as long as we, because yeah, we had to have our learners for about a year. Yeah. And after that, we took the test with the driver. And once we passed it, we had to make like an 80 or above. Yeah. And my challenge was uh, parallel parking. So mm. like my cousin took me to a baseball field to a parking lot. And he showed me this trick and I remembered it on the day of the exam and I, that was my biggest concern and ended up, ended up passing it. But it wasn't like that. We didn't have to take a course. Yeah. Like it was immediate. Uh, but that's crazy. But it does make sense. Yeah, it's understandable though because people like to get immediately on the road, I guess, and they just want to make sure you understand exactly yeah. what you're doing. But I, I don't know. I won't know until I actually take the test myself. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, um, the thing that I wanted to present first, which was I looked up like different generations. So, I know you're familiar with like the baby boomers, mm-hmm. um, millennials, and stuff like that. So, I'm going to read millennials, which is my age group, and then I'm going to read yours. Mm-hmm. And I want you to let me know if according to your opinion, if it's factual. Okay. So it said, what are millennials, um, just quick, millennials lived through 9-11 and, worldwide, and, a, and a worldwide fight against terrorism that continues. Uh, we were the first generation introduced like to the internet, uh, which plays into our adulthood, which I guess is playing like computer games or just games in general. And um, they said that we 
are proven to actually be incredibly community oriented and environmentally conscious, which are traits that are being picked up by their children in the next generation. So your generation, which is Generation Z or iGen, and born um, between 1997 and now, it says, while still youngsters and not old enough to have made their mark as a generation, Generation Z kids are the first to be born into a world where they know nothing else besides being constantly connected to one another, albeit through phones, screens, and tablets. And yeah, y'all's <laughs> paragraph is that small. Yeah. Um, what do you think? I think that's actually 100% true, though. I mean, this generation relies on the internet and texting through a phone, and they just don't get communication face to face. It's just. You're right. I mean, the older generation really does have, you know, they, how should I say this? Um, they're, it, it's true, actually. I mean, I think they're definitely more community-oriented and stuff like that. They just grew up around not having technology a lot, so this generation relies on it a lot more, and they don't actually see the world how it is instead of, oh, yeah, I see something on the Internet. It's exactly like that. They don't actually go and see for themselves. They automatically assume, like, yeah. oh, this is exactly what it is about. Um, it's definitely something I had to learn from my mom because I used to just see the world through the internet, always on the internet. She really had to open my eyes up to really show me like the world is more than just a screen. Yeah. You know, you have to really get out there and learn. You can't just sit on your bed all day watching like, you know, videos on the internet. Actually go out and see for yourself because any experience could be different for you. Yeah. And I just, I, I honestly think it's true. This generation is... I have no words for it because it's, it's just crazy like I see the people at my school and how much they rely on stuff and just it's just crazy to me it's like you really don't get out there like you really see how much they don't get out there and see for themselves they just see what they want to see on the internet and then go with it it's just it's just crazy to me my mom really had to open my my family in general actually yeah. had to open my eyes up to really see that there's more than just a screen like yeah you can use the internet or for like you know small information but really get out there and see what it is instead of just assuming stuff like that's what i had to learn a lot i don't know it really helped me now it opened my eyes up a lot more because mm -hmm. i was so close-minded and so stuck on no this is what it is this is exactly what i think it is and my mom had showed me no it's not like yeah. you you're saying something but you're completely wrong like you actually go out and see and it definitely changed my mindset on like how i saw a lot of things actually just going out and like experiencing it for myself yeah yeah and that's actually still the argument on social mm -hmm. media because yeah. a lot of people are doing what they call fact checking mm -hmm. and i actually got dinged on that um so a friend called me out because right when um remember Kobe Bryant passed away a couple of years ago there was this um, things talking about his daughter that she had an episode actually um, his oldest daughter experienced or had a response to the death of her father and it was actually it wasn't a true um, post because I didn't check the sources yeah. and that's exactly what we're doing on that aspect but going back to the fact that you see something you try to learn about it via using technology but when you get a hands-on experience it's something completely different because you actually know for yourself yeah. is this something that you challenge your friends to do i or? try but it 
they try to argue with me that no, like I can just look it on the internet and I'll know the exact answer to that. I said that's not entirely true. I mean, you can see something totally different, and that's what I try to get through and understand. But they they just don't do it. So honestly, I gave up. I've tried to like talk to them and tell them. I mean, things aren't always what you think they are. Like just go look and see for yourselves. But no, they just they want to rely on that because they. I guess I'm gonna say they're too lazy. Yeah. to actually try and see something for themselves because they don't actually want to put forth the effort of mm-hmm. trying to experience something new. So honestly, it's a conversation that I've had and I'm not going to keep having if it's not going to end up being followed through. I try. I try to follow my own advice as well. But mm-hmm. if it doesn't work for them, then they're just going to learn the hard way when they're older. So what's an expectation that you've had recently? that you actually thought was one thing and found out it was something completely different when you actually gathered all the facts and based off your own experience? Hmm. That's a good question. I actually do not know. Like, if I had to come up with something something off the top of my head, I really cannot answer that. Hmm. I I don't know. Hmm. That's a really good question. Honestly, I don't. (laughs) I don't. I'm like... Well, what's, what, name something that you have a very strong opinion about and yeah name something you have a very strong opinion about and you believe that's the way it is based off your experience okay um, I go to school with a lot of people who like to make fun of LGBTQ oh wow and I had this whole argument in biology class about it. And I guess somebody was just like, you know, I like to make jokes about them being homophobic, like about me being homophobic and stuff like that. But like, yeah. well, if you're gay, go die, kill yourself. And I'm like, why is that okay? And basically they were just like, well, if I find it funny, if I find it funny, if you get offended, then just don't talk to me. I'm like, but that's honestly really disrespectful to a lot of people because I have family that are like that too. So yeah. it's like, you're kind of disrespecting me too. You're disrespecting my fam, like other people in my family that are like that. And it's like, people kill themselves over just simple jokes like that. Like you could make any type of joke like, oh yeah, you're, you're gay. I don't want to be around you. Go kill yourself. Like, even if they're not even doing anything, like, I understand people set boundaries. Like, okay, if you're gay, please just don't touch me. Don't do that. I don't like that. Okay, that's one thing. But people, when they even don't bother them, they just automatically catch a problem with them. Like, I have friends just like that. Like, not even friends, just associates that are like that. And they would make fun of them on social media. Just, like, talk kind of like, I can never be gay. I can never do this because if I did that, I would kill my own self. I'm like... I don't see why you joke and laugh and think that's funny because we were even have a conversation about it like what if your children were gay oh I would beat it out of them I would do this I'm like Hmm. and you think it's okay and he was like yeah because I don't want my kids to be gay I said but still like you're gonna make your children feel like you don't love them like you don't want anything to do with them if you're so disappointed and ashamed of what they are I mean if they believe that they are one thing then let them be that and just support them and it's just, it's, it really, like, hurt my feelings because it was just, like, people really think like that. Like, they're so mm-hmm. close-minded and have their mindset on one thing. It's just, like, like there's so much more to the LGBTQ community. Just because you don't like it doesn't mean you have to judge it. Like, just leave it alone. Like, they just want to make fun of it and dark jokes and humor and just make it seem like it's funny. And I, I don't find it funny. I was arguing with that, like... 
like really hard because I'm just like you think it's okay and it was just a whole bunch of people trying to gang up on me and I'm like but how would you feel if somebody was doing that and your mother was mm. and they and they were like oh well then I can make fun of them again oh that just shows you have no respect like just no respect at all because that's your own family right there and you would yeah. say that you're gonna make fun of them too it just it just shows how much they actually care like like if you're what if your mother was just to kill themselves right now and they're not thinking of that they're just thinking oh yeah it's a funny joke ha 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 it's not gonna affect anybody it affects a lot deeper than a lot of people think and that's what i that's what i hate mm -hmm. just because it's like it's no point of doing that i mean i ha i have plenty of friends that are like that bi pansexual whatever you want to say but mm -hmm. i I don't know. It's something right there that just triggers something in me. That's just like, mm, no. That's why I don't surround myself in, like, around people like that. Cause it's just it's very negative and just cruel. Yeah. It's just cruel, and they say such brutal things like, oh yeah, I beat him up or something, or I leave him on the side of the street. This and the third. Like, what do you gain from doing that? That that's what I don't get. It's like, you don't gain anything, but it's people looking at you crazy like. Are you seriously saying that? Like, the words mm -hmm. are really coming out of your mouth? I don't know. Like, it's just something about that whole situation of that. Just, it just irritates my soul so bad. And it's like, the, um, it's, there are people, we have a tendency to suck out the humanity out of anything. Yeah. And that's the, that's the, um, the foundation of our conversation. This is the foundation of our communication, is being a human being. And I remember back in school, like the concept of the general concept of being bullied and back then and when I was growing up I didn't see it that way I didn't know that's what it was because now being bullied is like being bullied online and more than likely you're gonna have a confrontation with somebody on your phone or on social media and then you probably just run into them when you see them face to face and then it might even de-escalate because you really don't want to fight you just yeah. want to blow off steam maybe um, but in but in reference to that, I I agree, and it is the sad part is this is an issue across the spectrum whether you're a teenager or whether you're an adult or somebody up in age, and it's just that common that common decency of seeing somebody as a human being and not using their characteristics or the physicality or preferences to define them and then create this this uh, separation between us when actually we're we're the same people um, so I'm actually very glad that you have the the gumption and the the fight and the strength and the desire the audacity to challenge people your age and to viewing each other as human beings and even taking it home when you say yo what if your parents were like this or what if your your siblings or your friends and but in the harsh reality is nobody really knows until it actually happens to them exactly. and that's not what we want obviously it's not what we want um, but as far as as you I can tell that you have a this uh, who you are like your characteristics let me ask you this what's your earliest childhood memory that you that you remember if you can go back that far. My earliest childhood memory? Um, dang. <laughs> <laughs> childhood memories. 
I don't know. My every time I look back at childhood, it was always with my family. I, I before you know everybody before I grew up, like probably between the ages of about five and eight, I was always around family until everybody moved out and moved away, and I was always with my cousins or my grandmother. And it was mostly my cousins, and we were always doing something. My oldest cousin was always cooking up some fun thing, like popping balloons with our butts, and then like a little <laughs> scavenger hunt in there. Or uh, uh, I always enjoyed Easter because we would make Easter eggshells with confetti in them and crack up on each other. Or um, hide and go seek in the dark throughout the neighborhood. Like that is what I always thought about, and I, I still talk about it today. Like I really miss that. Like it's mm-hmm. like we're all spread apart. Like I don't talk to any family except the ones that live down in Georgia and it's, yeah. it's just like I miss it how things used to be and things aren't just things aren't the same and family has fell out with each other and it's just a lot of tension and it's just I miss it because times used to be so good and as I say a lot more simpler than yeah. they were today definitely so did you get a, a taste of that when we were all quarantined yet stay at home I, I did actually they definitely tried to Put, we like have a lot more fun activities that we did like maybe go fishing we bought a trampoline because of it because you know we were going to be stuck in the house um we were always playing some sort of board games we got um games for our uh playstations and stuff like that they just tried to really have us spend a lot of time with each other instead of staying cooped up in our rooms all the time because we were going to be stuck in there for who know how long and you saw it was like what eight months yeah. eight nine months so I did get to experience some of that. Had really, really good laughs, fake rap battles and stuff. It was, <laughs> I actually did enjoy it. It was fun. So if, in reference, in, like the difference between last year and now, do you see things have changed for the better or do you see things going back to the way that they used to be? Uh, I think some things are changing and some things are still the same. I definitely think... I'm not going to say fully, but quarantine definitely did change perspectives and perspectives in people's minds and stuff like that. So they're trying to change certain, I don't, I, I don't know how I would say this. Uh, I don't know, certain things that they do or certain things that they let happen. But honestly, things kind of stayed the same. It's nothing really changed but oh wear your mask all the time everybody's still rude and cruel and or still back in their old ways and nothing actually changed yeah permanently but things will change temporarily and they'll go back to the exact same because they're back in the exact environment that they were in before Mm. that's what i think what do you think would happen if social media like completely went away and the access to technology, like our phones and whatnot, what do you think would happen? I feel like some people would struggle so bad. Like, <laughs> I mean, it just absolutely fall apart because a lot of people rely on that, you know, social media connection to actually feel like they're doing something with their life. And mm-hmm. then, you know, some people would actually enjoy that. Like my uncle, for instance, he's not a social media person. He's very down to earth and just loves that that end of the world type vibe like fishing camping all that i feel like people like that would have a lot easier time but a lot of people that are behind their phone screens um struggle just very very bad and i feel like a lot of people communicate communicate more through social media than they do in person yeah that is my opinion so i feel like a lot of people would be like stuck and be like eh, eh, i don't know yeah. what to do like i'm you know not very 
what is the word oh god what is the word um socially i'm trying to think of a word is it socially awkward no not socially awkward um i don't know myself <laughs> i'm like i don't know a lot of people would just really struggle to try and go, put themselves out there and communicate because they're so stuck behind the screen and used to communicating through that way yeah yeah that's what i think but I think I do a fairly good job without technology. <laughs> I do see it so myself. Uh, I noticed that a lot of people share like their deepest. Cons- they pretty much pour their hearts out on social media. Yeah. Um, because they're basically like a cry for help. Yeah. And unfortunately, you wouldn't know a lot of people were hurting unless you saw that. Because there are some people that are very closed in, mm-hmm. and they isolate um, themselves when things get rough and they try to remove themselves from other people and probably seeking help um but do you do you find a lot of people using social like the concept of using social media as a weapon going back to what you said um people basically hating on or exhibiting forms of hate towards the lgb lgbqti plus community um Seeing people use social media as a weapon, would you say that they have a sense of insecurity or is actually a, uh, yeah, a sense of insecurity or an actual genuine cry for help or even something that's reflecting upon themselves that, that they want it, they don't want to fully express? Um, I think some of it, a lot of it is insecurity because that's what I've been told all my life. Like usually when people hate or bully or something, it's because they're insecure about something in themselves. Yeah. And... Um, it, it could be true, it could not be. Some people like to do it just for spite, just for the sport of it, just to get the real out of hurting somebody's feelings. Yeah. Um, and some people could just do it just based off things that are going on in their home. Like, they take it out on people that they don't know because you know, well, I'll never see them, I'll never have to deal with it, so if I do this now, then I'll be fine later. Yeah. They just think it's not going to come back and bite them in the butt. Um, but yeah, I do think a lot of people use it for their insecurity. Something's going on with them and they can't take it out on who they want to or they can't do what they want to. So they just like, oh, well, I'm going through something. So I'm going to put in and make you go. I'm going to put something on you and make you go through something. Make you mm-hmm. go through really dark times, depression or suicidal thoughts just because of me bullying you and saying harsh things and telling you to kill yourself. Yeah. Um, and then maybe sometimes it could be a cry for help. Some people do, you know like to go to the internet and have people feel pity for them and actually like be like oh no it's okay i'm here for you people that are could be across the globe mm-hmm. and they put their just business out there in their whole life and they got going on because they want that attention they want somebody to pay attention put the spotlight on me you yeah. know uh but I don't know. I think it's very much a mix of both insecurity and just a cry for help because a lot of people like that attention and they also love to put that hate on people just for a thrill. Like, oh yeah, I'm big and bad because I can make fun of you or I can bully you. Please. Anyways. <laughs> but yeah, that's what that's what I think is a mix of both, definitely. So um, when everything that's been happening over the last few years, including the pandemic, uh, elect, uh, presidential election, um, police brutality, um, primarily within the African American community, everything that goes on, do you find, do you think that you have an outlet to, ex- 
express how you feel and what you and your generation is going through or do you feel silenced? Um, I think I could have a voice, mm-hmm. but I feel like nobody would listen sometimes because a lot of people think, oh, you're a teenager. You don't know what you're talking about. Just stay in your place. We know what we got going on. Yeah. And little do they know that teenagers in the generation they're little-minded but they see a lot more than a lot of people think and they understand and really comprehend things that are going on mm-hmm. like with the whole police brutality and stuff my mom would ask me do y'all actually understand what's going on i'm like yeah but it's not like we would have a voice because you see all the protests and stuff that went on and it's still happening nobody's actually making a change they're yeah. protesting but people are still dying every day because we're black Mm-hmm. Because, oh, you were sleeping in your car and you're not supposed to be doing that. Because, well, I was drunk. What are you? I'm just trying to make sure I don't die. Yeah. Trying to make sure that I am okay. I feel like, yeah, we could say something, but I don't know if anybody will actually hear us and listen and be like, oh yeah, they're right. We need to actually make a change. No, it's been going on for how long? And people are still dying and people are still cops that killed people some of them are still working and doing their job and it's just i don't know i don't think that i think they would listen but they wouldn't put forth the effort to make a change about it Hmm. and i think that's the um that's the reality is that things will continue like people will continue to die unfortunately um there will can be they can there will continue to be harm against a marginalized group of people um there will be moments where you don't feel heard because people are trying to suppress your voice based off their perspectives and their own point of view. But the thing is, we have to constantly remember that once we do share each other's experiences, including the younger generation, because you all are able to see things and interpret things differently than the older generation. Like a prime example is music. Music is all, will always be music, it will always be R&B, rap, hip-hop, country, whatever. But the, the translation, the message is still the same, but the translation is different. So if we would hear a song uh, that came out maybe five days ago, you would listen to it and more than likely understand what the person is saying opposed to us because we think like, this isn't what we're used to. They're not speaking the language that we grew up on but is they're talking about the same hurt, they're talking about the same emotions, they're talking about the same experiences. And I think there is a constant gap between generations because like you said, a lot of people assume, yo, it's because you're younger, you don't fully understand, but no, you're living it. Yeah, exactly. You're living it and it's your reality. Um, but in reference to you, try to make this um, quick as possible. Um, what is it that you want to do in relation to your life? What difference do you want to make as you go forward and get older? Um, a difference that I want to make? Uh, I, I don't know. I'm not really asked this question, so it's not really something that I just think about yeah. all the time. But I would definitely want to help um, police brutality. I, I don't know. Just... That whole aspect of harming the African American, you know, culture is just I, I don't. Yeah, that's okay. Um, but 
I, I would really want to make a change and really put my voice out there and be heard because what is happening is not okay and it's just it's wrong it's just like why do people think it's okay and some people even find thrill of this and like oh yeah they deserved it because of what of what because they're saying they're saying they did nothing wrong yeah i definitely would want to make a change with that because it's, it just needs to stop it's, it's all really now a lot of this is just happening because they're black they're not doing anything wrong somebody can be walking down the street and get killed because what because we're black and I, I would want to make a change with that because it needs, it needs to stop. It's unnecessary because, I mean, what is so different about white people? You know, like, w- like we get shot up walking down the street, but what happens to white people? Yeah. Because they can be dangerous too. A lot of people see us as a threat for many reasons it could be but sometimes we don't even do anything and they automatically see this as a threat oh you're gonna shoot me or, or you're gonna do this or you're gonna do that you don't know because all they automatically think is pull out a gun and shoot yeah. but they don't actually give anybody a chance they're talking about you're you know you're not listening to a police officer you're not doing this you're not doing that or i saw you doing something but it ended up being wrong because assuming mm-hmm. they never actually stop and look and then you know if it has to come to that, then it will. But it's just straight up shoot, no hesitation, and it's just it's really disappointing and it's, it's hurtful because it's like it's painful to watch. You just see your own people dying over the stupidest reasons, getting choked out or knee or ne- kneeling on somebody's neck, yeah, complaining that they can't breathe. Like, why do you have to still torture them? They're they're already in handcuffs and stuff. There's not much more they can do. Mm-hmm. Put them, put them in the car. Leave, leave them alone. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just they go too far, and it's just it's getting to a point. It's been at a point where it just needs to stop. It needs to, it needs to stop. And nobody is making a change. And I think it, there, there is a change that needs to be made, like yeah. as soon as possible, because it's just I'm, I'm baffled by it. I'm just like, like seriously, like this is what. The world has come to yeah. just killing and just cold blood murder just it's just i don't know uh, i don't like that whole situation and it just it really bothers me it hurts it hurts to watch and hear about they uh there's this term called obviously you've heard of is desensitizing mm-hmm. us uh being desensitized by seeing something so excessively that you're like this is normal mm-hmm. and it shouldn't be exactly it shouldn't be normal um, but having people with the mindset of, you know, if I can make a change, if there's something I can do, um, which is always a step in the right direction, because you're eventually going to influence people to say, you know what, I should just be just a little bit braver. I should be a little bit more forthcoming uh, and forthgiving about um, the values that I have that are linked to this person who also agrees this is wrong. and. But the more you obviously put into it and the more you express it via whatever avenue that you have access to, whether it's your phone, whether it's social media, or just that one-on-one contact, it's enough. And it's enough to see younger people because sometimes we automatically assume that younger people are so caught up in doing what they're doing. But who's to say that what they're doing is just a way to suppress uh, the frustration and the, and the, um, the pain? Of what's going on um, 
So yeah, I could, I can definitely see that, and I, and I mirror your consent. I mean, your, um, yeah, I mirror your concern towards um, people being spiteful towards other people, exactly. despite their preferences. Um, but this will be my last question um, before we end, Aaliyah. Um, what would you say is, and this is the question I always ask people that I interview, what did you say is the, the glory in your story? Like from in your, in your life, your daily life, from the moment you wake up, when you go to school, and the moment you go to bed to repeat, you know, your weekly um, activities concerning school or whatever you want, what would you say is the best thing that you enjoy about your life? The family. Yeah. Um, always been there, always will be, I know for sure. And supporting me and pushing me through. And if, if I'm feeling down, I have them. You know, if I have nobody else, they yeah. are always there. And they help put a smile on my face. I always have a good laugh with them. And I, I really enjoy it. Like, it's just, that's something. Because I, I don't really do much, you know, school, back, you know, helping out with the house and stuff like that. And my family's there, there to help me, you know, just stay humble, happy, and just make sure I'm not down in the dumps, you know. Uh, I really enjoy the company of them and just how much they actually care and love for me. It's just, it right there that that's that's what it is yeah because i mean i don't really do much right now but my family is there and i'm happy with it mm -hmm. definitely i think that's uh that's the number one thing in my tier of things that i that has made me into who i am is my family yeah. um those are the memories that i can't forget specifically when it's just you guys you know during the rough times and even during the quarantine, like there are some people who <laughs> would have rather have been somewhere else than to be stuck home with their families. Yeah. Uh, but it sounds like this is something that you really enjoyed, that you appreciate it, yeah. and that you um, you didn't take lightly. So um, I have mad respect for that because our family is mixed within the cement of the foundation of this house that we're building as we get older, and eventually we're going to be of service to our own families so um but Aaliyah, i really thank you for your time you're welcome um, for your honesty and um you have a very progressive uh perspective and i only know it's going to grow and it's going to get stronger you're going to become more informative and you're going to end up influencing a lot of people as far as how to treat people because that's the most important thing that we have to learn and have to remember is treating people for, treating people as people. Yes. Um, so yeah, thank you all for listening so far. Uh, this is the latest episode of the Glory in Our Stories uh, with myself and Aaliyah. Yo, thank you all for listening, and I give personal thanks uh, to Aaliyah uh, for dedicating her time to have a conversation. Tune in next time for the latest episode of the glory in our stories.